There's still so many games to be played, and I mean, you could get a game like last Sunday night where, you know, Super Bowl champion come back home or this close to a Nick Folk field goal sending them to 2-2 two and two to start the season. That's why you got to love the NFL, but we do Killing thank me. you. Ms. I'm sorry for bringing it up again, Killing Daniels. Me. I just oh, that's you. true. Hey, look, I, got the, I got the Patriots here. I'm the Patriots yeah. fan, New Hampshire oh, native, so yeah. Look at that. I heard someone today, a Lightning Jet fan, and somebody said, look, you know, you're, you're tied for second place in the, in the division, you know, for the Jets after four games, so be grateful for that that's right <laughs> zach wilson everybody who you betting on always on black bad stats in the pocket hole squad fast cash send the bookie tell them bring it from the bag no we coming for the bag west coast game Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble. My name is Tony Cavallo. As always, I'm joined by Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookston, Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, and we are the West Coast Gamblers, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and the only gambling show that makes you money. And boys, I have to say... We are a part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and there used to be a show as part of that Evergreen Podcast Network that was run by Mr. Urban Meyer and Terry Bradshaw. And once, you know, there was a twinkle in my eye that maybe someday we'd be able to have Urban Meyer on this show. But after the events that happened this weekend and the thoughts that I'm sure that uh, Shay for the Sharp is going to have on this, I just want to say, Urban, I'm with you. When the grandkids tell me to come out on the dance floor and start grinding on my nuts in the middle of a wide open bar, I too don't know how to handle myself. And we've all been in that situation. So I just want to open up this show by saying I've been there with you, Urban. And, you know, this life life has to go on. I know you're a family you're gonna man. You're going to be a weird grandpa, Tony. A man of God. And I, you know, I'm right there, right there with you. Shape of the Sharp, Urban Meyer, uh, an 0-4 coach in the NFL. More losses than I think he's ever had in any season of a college collegiate coaching career and he's grinding on uh collegiates in the middle of a bar in uh, ohio state what's going on guys what can you say i mean the video is <laughs> all the video yeah. the video speaks for itself the, the I, i'm not gonna get too into uh the co-ed and the fingers and all that stuff he obviously uh apologized today and shockingly actually owned it didn't actually make excuse for anything which he he, uh, he absolutely only, made only, an excuse well the, the, the only he no you're right tony you're right well said yeah. he absolutely didn't make excuse the thing i take away is after a loss he does not travel with the team to jacksonville yeah he goes to where columbus yeah where he was once revered and still, you know, hailed as a god. Yeah. And it just goes back to what we've said on the show from day one. Regardless of his actions, the video, the drunken pictures, the dancing, I kind of honestly, that's just like, eh, to me. I mean, it, I, I found joy in it, of course, because you know how I feel about Urban. But the fact he doesn't travel back with his team after a Thursday night game to go to Columbus for an event, it's just the writings on the wall here, guys. It's like, yeah. what is this guy doing? He's living in the past. That's that's kind of my takeaway, honestly. I'm actually going to refrain from making too much fun of him because he's such a moron. Everyone knows how I feel about him, but I'd be curious, Dangle's thoughts, who's a Jaguars fan? Well, I mean, I, and you know, it's funny. We were talking in our group text thread, and, you know, Tony, you had, you had texted, and you said, I feel bad for Shad Khan, and yeah. I honestly don't um, because he signed off on this decision. Um, and from where I sit, you got to know who you're getting in bed with when you sign a, a head coach like this. And, and they had, the Jags had to know the kind of person that they were getting in bed with, with Urban Meyer, his pack shack past actions, or in some cases inactions to me, 
demonstrate someone who has a lack of good judgment, a lack of good character, and who does things for himself before he does things for his organization. I mean, you can argue half measures versus full measures here, but I honestly think the Jaguars would have been perfectly justified, and they wouldn't do this, but in firing him. I mean, 0-4, leading the league in giveaways, no signs of improving. They seem outmatched in every single game that they play. They couldn't close a game with a two-touchdown lead going into halftime. It's not just about being a distraction, uh, as he ta- as he excused to uh, in his press conference when he apologized or whatever, but and it's about the way you represent your organization. I don't personally know Shad Khan very well, but I met him several times uh, and covered purchase of the team really closely when I was in Jacksonville working for the Jaguars flagship radio station and I know what uh, or at least I thought I knew what an important quality character was to him I I don't expect this was a pleasant Monday for Urban returning but to me this just demonstrates a lack of good judgment a lack of care about showing you know what kind of a person you are to your organization frankly that's not somebody I want leading my football team especially a guy who's 0-4 you don't fly back with your team and immediately get on the next game plan trying to figure out how do we win games especially games where we're up two touchdowns doesn't make sense to me everything else aside X's and O's aside you have to have somebody with character especially in an organization like the Jaguars that aren't good on the field they don't have much else to lean on they need a leader and Urban Meyer did not show this weekend that he was a leader he's a family this man, viral though, video Daniels. he's a family man family yeah, man man of faith sure. god bless him um Man of Faith got, uh, but video happened in Columbus, Ohio, in a restaurant named after Urban Meyer. Yeah, I mean, what else is there to say? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the person who shared that video is drawn and quartered in the middle of Ohio State <laughs> campus right now. But let's move on, Dangles, to football teams that actually matter. Yeah. Okay, Sunday night football was one hell of a contest. Yeah. People are saying, "Oh, it wasn't as you know, the the there wasn't as much fireworks as there could have been with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing." But it's yours a great truly. Game. Yours truly had the under. Schaefer the Sharp had New England plus seven and a half. Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio had the Jacoby Myers over reception total. We went 3-0 and on Sunday Night Football with a sweep, yet your New England Patriots couldn't pull it out in the end. A 56-yard field goal in the pouring rain by Nick Folk doinked off the upright. I may have had the yeah. New England money line a little ticket on the New England money line, and I still don't know if I'm over it yet, but I want to know your perspective your boys showed a lot of fight, but they're still one and three. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's hard not to be disappointed after losing like that, right? You know, with the, I'm going to hear that sound of that that hit ball hitting the crossbar in my dreams for the next month or so. But, you know, if we're trying to look at this from the positive perspective of a Patriots fan, I think the game was a step in the right direction for Mac Jones. The Bucks brought a ton of pressure from all different directions. And he did a pretty good job stepping up and avoiding it, making throws. He got a, a couple of decent blocks from his running backs, including one on a drive later in the game by Damian Harris, where he chipped out Richard Sherman and it allowed him to complete a first down throw. Um, the poise, again, I know I've mentioned it before. I really appreciated seeing that from Mac and just the ability to be in that game throughout the entirety of it against, you know, with seven point underdogs against the Buccaneers team that could have come out and just absolutely hung a ton of points on us. We were able to generate a little bit of pressure on Brady and kudos to the secondary for locking down the receivers as well as they did last night and not letting Brady throw for as many yards as he could have. So look, I'm I'm excited about, I guess, the the gradual steps forward. It's not leaps and bounds, but I think at this point, four games in, Patriots fans like me have to 
just accept that this is going to be a slow process. I don't, I don't know. What did you, what did you guys think? Drew, are you a little worried that this New England Patriots eight and a half win total over that we all took? Mm. It might be a little tough starting at one and three. Are you confident that this team will beat the rest of the slate that they have? Well, first of all, Tony, I got to correct you. Seven and a half would have been way too easy. Don't give us. Uh, we had six and a half, so gotcha. seven and a half was just the the best bet of the year. Six and a half was a little more, you know, white knuckly because obviously you're, you're below that touchdown. Um, Guys, I liked what I saw from the Patriots. To me, I, I was proud of Tony Squares who texted me during the day. He was all over the Patriots, as I was. All that public money coming in the Bucks and Brady all world, blah, blah, blah. You knew and Belichick. And the under. Just what I'd say. And, 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 the, and under. the under. No, dead net under. Like, not even close. Um, I like Mac. Uh, I, I think he's showing great strides. My question is this. Obviously, the Bucks have one of the best rush defenses in the NFL, but negative one yards for, 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 for the Pats rushing? Like, what's going on? I, I thought this was going to be a run-heavy team with, with – with obviously Damian Harris and rookie running backs and adding Sony Michelle, uh, that that that's the biggest concern I have right now with this Patriots team is how are they going to run the ball? I mean, Max been good from those six eight yard little intermediate short little routes, but you got to be able to run the ball at least. Uh, We've been running to, the ball a lot. I think this was just a game plan tweak by them. They they tested yeah. the run a little bit, and I was texting you guys during the game like, why are we running the ball up the gut on first you know on first down against this front four? I honestly think that was a calculate a calculation by the Patriots offense, basically you know saying because Damian Harris has been somewhat effective for us on the ground. He's not getting hundred yard games at a, you know clips at a time, but um, we have tried to run the ball, and I, I honestly thought this was just that was a game plan choice by the Patriots. Yeah to go a little more pass-heavy and use more play action. The defense no, was there, though. I have to say, the defense oh. was there. Tom Brady, 52% completion percentage, the lowest yeah. he's ever had in Tampa Bay. Hell of a game, hell of a time. But, uh, Drew, as you were saying in there, you thought New England was going to be a run-heavy team, and, you know, Dangles made some points that they are, but this game they weren't. I, in my opinion, they're not running the ball as well as I thought they could have this so far into the season. That offensive line is a little bit of a problem. You could probably put a question mark next to their name. Tampa Bay, 3-1, and one, yet they're not the world beaters that we thought they were. A lot of injuries on that team. You could probably put a question mark next to their name. What I want to ask you guys is, we are now at the quarter mark of the NFL season. Listen, I know there's 17 games now and they made the math all wrong. Don't tell me that. This is the quarter mark after week four <laughs> of the NFL season. 23.5% of overall NFL regular season games have been played. That's good enough for me. So I want to ask you guys at this at this mark, in fact, on Thursday's show, we're going to be going into the uh, marks of the season, how we are as gamblers so far this season. Dangles I have to say, you're probably not getting a passing grade, but Schaefer the Sharp and I are doing pretty well. Last week as a show, we hit 12 of our bets when we're giving out 21. That is a winning record. 3-0 and on Thursday night last week, 3-0 and on Sunday night football last week, yet there's still those teams that I know I can't figure out. So, Dangles, I'm going to go to you first. I want you to give one team to the group that you just can't figure out at the quarter mark of the season, and maybe we can put our heads together and try and nail down who these teams are. Dangles, who you got so far? Oh, I, I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers here, guys. I just, I, I don't, and it's, I mean, it's not a, there's not much, you know, sort of deep analysis, rocket science to this. I just don't know what team to expect coming out on the field every week. Are they going to be pass heavy? Are they going to be run heavy? You know, uh, who's, who's going to be involved? Is it going to be Jimmy Garoppolo? How many, how many offensive systems in the league do we know that work with two quarterbacks? I've ever worked with two quarterbacks. I'll tell you, bagel, none, zero. You know, what, what's the, what was the point of moving up for Trey Lance here with an injury prone Jimmy Garoppolo? At some point you had to think we're going to see, are we just going to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo for the rest of the year? I don't 
don't know. Um, Kyle Shanahan, I think, prides himself on being unpredictable, at least in his game plans and and, and play calling. Um, I don't really know what to make of this defense. I don't really know what to make of this offense. So, yeah, the San Francisco 49ers are my team. Shea for the Sharp, you bet on San Fran earlier this week. It did not work out for you. Obviously, Jimmy G going down with a calf injury kind of changed that handicap. But do you have any uh, insight on this team that you can help Dangles out with here? Well, I'll say, Dangles, you're going to get you're going to get your chance to see uh, Trey Lance because Jimmy G is out for sure, the foreseeable yeah. future, at least at least a couple weeks. Um, you know, and, and, and I was listening to Simmons podcast uh, earlier and it, it, he brought a good point. Like every year, you know, the, the 49ers are injured. They're injured. They're injured. At one point, it's kind of like the Lakers trainer who got removed this year. Like Lakers were so beat up physically. Like what's going on in San Francisco? Why are they always the most injured team in the NFL? Yeah. I, 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 you can't use that as a valid excuse because yeah, they are banged up. They have a ton of like starters on IR. Um, but every year it seems to be a couple weeks in, they're just snake bit by these injuries. And so I do feel that in a, a tough NFC West, there is, you know, some definitely, uh, cause for concern here for the 49ers. I'm interested. I'm interested to see what Lance does with a full week, getting first team reps and Shanahan kind of developing a game plan for him specifically, not just a change of pace, but guys remember it was all over the, 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 the draft analysis. This guy's played one FCS game in like 18 months. Yep. So, sure. uh, I'm, I'm very, very curious. Uh, what's, what's he going to look like? And, uh, it's going to be interesting. And, and, and guess what? They start out against cliff Kingsbury and the Kyler Cardinals right there. Uh, their, their first game. So it's going to be interesting fellas. I I'm very, I'm very interested in see how, Trey Lance does in his first NFL start. We will definitely be talking about the Arizona Cardinals with our guest Chris Myers coming up in a little bit. But uh, Drew, I do want to say, and Dangles, you too, doing the studies I did on our bets so far. Drew is four and one when betting on the San Fran 49ers. Dangles, you're two and zero when betting on the San Fran 49ers, on or against. So you do have a little bit of a hold on that team. I guess. A- a team that I have no idea what's going on, what to expect when it comes from. And in fact, I'm 0-3 when I bet on this team during the NFL season is the New Orleans Saints. Are they going to come out and be the world beaters that took out Green Bay? Or are they going to come out and lay an egg against Carolina? Turn it around and go to Gillette, the same Gillette that shut Tom Brady down and destroyed the New England Patriots, and then come back and they can't even beat the New York Giants at home in the Superdome for the first time of the season. Drew, you had this game handicapped correctly. You took the Giants plus seven, plus seven and a half. It wasn't even close. Granted, the Giants were down by double digits in the fourth quarter, but at no point did New Orleans seem like they had that game in control. It was only a matter of time for Danny Dimes to come back in that game. I think that was a rhyme there. I'm doing great so far. But New Orleans, Greatest I have no life. idea what to expect from this team. What is the New Orleans Saints? Who are they? I just don't think they're very good. Point blank. I, I, I don't think they're very good. I think at this point, week one, I think you completely throw that game down the toilet for both sides, the Packers and the Saints. Um, it's very clear to me that that game just, you know, this is one of those games you just forget. Honestly, you burn the tape if you're the Packers, and you honestly should burn the burn the tape if you're the Saints. I, I just, but what I, is I, the, the, the Patriots game then? They killed the Patriots. Yeah. But yeah. The, the stats didn't really show that to me. They had a couple really advantageous turnovers, and yeah. as turnovers have the highest variance, statistically in the NFL. A lot of it is, unfortunately, obviously you got to take care of the ball, but turnovers are, you know, kind of, if, if a team is weighted heavily towards turnovers one way or the other, there's definitely some luck involved there. I just think, I look at the Saints offense and I just don't understand how they're going to consistently put points on the board. I yeah. really don't. They, they, they have a good defense. Jameis is Jameis, but like I said, I'm really, I'm really hammering home this mid-tier quarterback. 
you know, fade them as favorites and play them as dogs. And I just don't think you can play the Saints as a favorite ever moving forward this year. I mean, you you mentioned the consistently putting points on the board, Drew, and I think that's what it comes down to for the New Orleans Saints is this is a team that is inconsistent on a week-to-week basis. And, Tony, you mentioned all the back and forth on the scores and how they go out there and perform. Um, and I think that go- honestly does go back to because their defense has actually been playing pretty well, forcing turnovers. Yeah, um, that's If you can put, say one thing about the New Orleans Saints is they have a strong defense and a good rushing defense but on the offensive side of the ball look you know there's 11 guys out there but everything in offense ultimately goes back to the quarterback and what's been Jameis Winston's biggest issue his entire career inconsistency he's really good and then he's really bad so this tells me that this is indeed the same old Jameis because we've talked a lot about will Jameis be better you know now that he's in a new system after his eye surgery blah 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 so far, it doesn't look like we've got anything different than the same old famous Jameis uh, that we've been uh, that we've been used to seeing in the professional uh, at the professional level since he was drafted. Shafe of the sharp. Very quickly, we have a huge show today: the Doctor Dangle segment, the Gravestone segment, the great Chris Myers coming back on the show to give us some words of wisdom of what he's seen over the four weeks of the NFL season so far. Who is your team that you can't quite figure out yet? You're the best gambler on this show, a 19 and 10 record so far in this show but there has to be a team out there that's giving you trouble. Yeah, so I was looking to play one team in a contest, guys. I've been in multiple contests, but I was trying to – I was looking at PFF, and I really saw an edge. What I saw in my head was a big edge in the Dolphins-Colts game, and let's just say I was on the wrong side. So my team's going to be the Indianapolis Colts. Um, no because, idea what that you know, team is. Yeah. They, they, look, they, look, they look bad the first few weeks, but they show something in Miami, and this is the difference between normal bad teams and bad teams with a good coach. Frank Reich is a proven – Great coach. He's yeah. a winner. Um, Carson Wentz, uh, Tony's boyfriend over there, um, not so much. But but if you look at that division, arguably the worst division in the NFL. Now, they have the Ravens on Monday night in Baltimore. And then their next four home games, Jets, Texans, Jags, Titans. Um, I, 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 think, I think this is a team where if they can get healthy, and their IR is, is, is just littered with – It's full again, right now, yeah. It's just littered with great players on this IR – I think this is a team that gets healthy. They can be that eight, nine win division winner in the AFC South. But saying that, I don't really know what to make of them. I really don't. So that's kind of my team where I'm kind of a wait and see on them. Coming up next, it's time for the Dr. Dangle segment when he breaks down the gambling ailments that Schaefer the Sharp and myself, Tony Squares, have from the week that has passed. And believe me. We got some ailments from this past week to go through. I hope Dr. Dangles has uh, his notebook ready. After that, again, the Chris Myers is coming on the show. I can't wait to talk to him. And then we end the show as we end every Tuesday show with Gravestones and Drew. Hope you're getting those lips ready, buddy, because that is some lipstick going on (laughs) them come Thursday. Can't wait, but all that is coming up next. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Colby Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time. It's that time of the week for us to get real, for us to get raw, for us to feel our feelings, and for us to 
go back and take a look at uh, where we might have gone wrong, or for specifically more for these two uh, who are actually the best betters on our show, uh, to go back and see where they might have gone wrong. And for some reason, they've decided that the best person to go to is the novice gambler on the podcast, me. So without further ado, uh, let's get to some problems. Let's feel our feelings. It's time for another wholesome, nurturing edition of Dr. Dangles. Well, gents, I want to open up the forum today. Who, who'd like to go first? I, I would, Dr. Dangles. I would. Great. Go um, ahead, Schaefer the Sharp. What, uh, what's, what's on your mutts? What's weighing heavy on your soul this week? Well, doctor, I got to be honest with you because I'm not honest with myself. And uh, it's, it's really becoming a problem. Um, I'm an avid animal lover. Um, I own a Salcata Desert tortoise, and I live in Michigan. Mm. Um, think about that, you know. Uh, donkeys, chicken coop, uh, cat, dog. Um, I love animals. But for whatever reason, when I'm betting these NFL games, um, I happen to be bird blind. Um, mm. I'm getting cardinals and falcons and eagles. They all kind of... They all kind of look the same. I'm not sure. I, 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 I can't. I, I can't navigate through these feathered friends of ours, Doctor. Like I, 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 I get confused with the Cardinals. I bet against the Cardinals, but they play like. Or sorry, I, 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 I bet for the Falcons, and they, you know, play like the Cardinals. Except the Cardinals play like the Eagles, and it's all just becoming very, very jumbled in my brain. And I just don't know. Mm. I don't know a mode of, of of how to get out of this bird blindness. Help me, doctor. I'm, I'm, I'm bird blind. It's an avian anomaly, you'd say. Mm, indeed, and a well documented one. Bird bird blindness. I believe this is something that that plagues a lot of betters. Um, well, and I want you to think about think about the teams that you just mentioned to me, Drew. Think about the the Cardinals, the Falcons, and the Eagles. Is one of those teams maybe not like the other? Is, is one of those teams maybe a little more of a sure thing, especially now that we know? Because you can't blame yourself for, for the past. None of us knew what the Cardinals were going to be this year. We all thought they were going to stink. And so far, yeah. they've shown that they don't stink at all. Uh, the Eagles and the Falcons, I think we kind of knew a little bit more on. But um, with this knowledge, I wonder if you know maybe it makes more sense to start fading teams like the Eagles and the Falcons going forward. It's not world shattering advice but i mean doctor i think i think you just made a breakthrough the birds of prey are not hunters mm. but the nice beautiful red cardinal <laughs> taking a bird bath is a dominant bird mm. so maybe consider thank what, you maybe consider that in terms of what you know that maybe the bird that is uh, the the hunter is not always the one you want to bet on uh, sometimes sometimes it's the aesthetics that are more important Wow. Um, Tony Squares, our time is a bit short here, but I, I would like to go to you if you've got something that you wanted to, to broach with me this week. Yeah, no, uh, this is big for Shea for the Sharp, too, because he's been a proponent of this in my life. But I've been in a relationship for the past few weeks and months, uh, and Shea for the Sharp and the rest of my friends are just egging me on to get out of this relationship. They don't think the love is reciprocated. Um, and I myself, I, I just, I can't quit the Steelers. I can't quit Big Ben. I can't quit what's going on with Mike Tomlin. Every week, I think they're going to be what they aren't, and they're just not giving me the love that I give them on this show. And so I just need a little bit of help with the confidence building of stepping away from a clearly abusive relationship I have with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, 
I think I do have some advice for that very briefly. Um, and that's Please, that is stop betting on the Steelers. Come on. For this love team of God. is terrible. We talk a lot on this show about about line play and we've had guests that have come on uh, and talked about the importance. And I think it's undervalued in the NFL sometimes, the importance of line play. The Steelers have an excellent defensive line. That's not the line I'm talking about. Their offensive line is putrid. And with a quarterback, it's okay for you to have a statue quarterback when you have a great offensive line. An immobile quarterback can be saved by a great offensive line. See chapters on Tom Brady uh, and Dan Marino. However... When you don't have a mobile quarter, when you have an old quarterback and not a good offensive line, that's not a good recipe for success. So until the Steelers' offensive line shows that they're able to hold hold things up, just like that week one game with the Packers was an anomaly, I think that week one game with the Steelers against the Bills was an anomaly. So I think, honestly, you just got to stop betting on the Packers. Self-harm, Tony Squares, is not good. And and by staying in this relationship, by having this tunnel vision where you can't get out of this relationship, because I think it's easy for us to just to not focus on the important things when we're the ones in this relationship, right? And if you have a lot of people on the outside telling you to get out of this, maybe it's time to start listening. I agree. I agree, Doctor. Oh, the Najee Harris breakout game. Bet his props. Bet his props. Oh, my God. Watch out. No, well, Doctor. Unfortunately, I, I can't that's... stand to see someone I love hurt himself over and over again. I know over that. I know again. this comes from, I know, and I know your criticism comes from a place of love, Schaefer the Sharp, but we want this to be a safe space. And we're all You're wrong right. sometimes. Right. Even some, sometimes we think there will be breakout games when there won't be. So let's keep this a safe space. I think that's all the time. Let me check my watch here. Hold on. Let me check with my assistant. Linda, is my next here? Yes. My next appointment is here. We're going to move on to our uh, our next segment here on the West Coast Gamblers. We have the one and the only Chris Myers, just fresh off of the uh, Arizona Cardinals, St. St. Louis Rams, Los Angeles. It's been five years. You'd think I'd have figured it tough out. Los Angeles, Los Angeles. Day. I know it is a tough day. Just off the Cardinals Rams game is going to tell us what it's like to call that game uh, at SoFi Stadium. Chris Myers of Fox Sports is with us coming up next. West 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 Coast Gamblers. On today's show, we welcome back a man who has covered everything out there. The World Series, the Olympics, the Super Bowl. But we get him to talk about the Detroit Lions. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Mr. Chris Wait, I Myers. I he was here to talk about the Westminster Dog Show. Mr. Oh. <laughs> Chris Myers is returning to the West Coast Gamblers. We're, we're so happy to have him back, sir. Welcome back to the show. It's good to be back on a little early to talk about who's the favorite for best at show, but we could certainly talk uh, NFL and, and get we to got, the There's got to be some numbers out there. I don't know what the, what Vegas thinks about that, but I'm always interested in talking about best at show. Yeah, yeah I, don't have the, I don't have the odds. I just know the Golden Retriever is always a long shot, and even though it's one of the most popular dogs in our country. Now, you were in our neck of the woods last week. You covered the Rams-Cardinals games, and now you get to go to, uh, to cover the Minnesota-Detroit game. Do you get to pick those out of a slate, or they just sort to give you the airplane ticket and you're forced to go watch that game <laughs> yeah no we just uh crews have different assignments after uh troy aikman joe buck wherever whether they're on a thursday night game or a doubleheader game sunday the regular group of fox crews we just go where they send us for a number of reasons sometimes it's regional sometimes it's uh, you know in terms of where you're coming from uh, which announcer which analyst i should say might have something a little more interesting with that particular matchup uh but it's certainly uh, kind of a random thing i mean the boss is make decisions and we just go so yeah i go i go from uh, los angeles uh to uh, minnesota 
for that game. But the good news is they're, they're both terrific venues, buildings to, to be yeah. in. When you're calling a game, you want that great sight line and a, and a good booth where you can see the field well, even though you have your monitors. That's always a great start for the guy calling the game, the play-by-play. Yeah, absolutely. No, I was going to ask about SoFi because Dangles and I have been there before, but to come from your perspective with the fans, a full stadium and all that, how, how did SoFi feel with, I mean, they weren't revved up for long because Arizona came and boat raced the Rams, but that crowd had to be a lot of fun in that first quarter. Yeah, and that open, it, it is. It's like an amusement park theme show with the lights and the way they spin on the monitors. When you get there early, you find yourself watching all of the other games on the big screen, which is really a cool. I thought I thought the Cowboys stadium was special in that regard, and they've, they've taken that to a whole whole new level. I did a game the la- last year with the 49ers Rams without a crowd, obviously. Yeah. Very different. Uh, this crowd, as you said, started out well, and there were some Cardinal fans uh, in, in the place, but it, it is. It's an, it's an outstanding uh, building. Obviously, it's going to host the Super Bowl. They have the Olympics down the line. They have the college football championship down the line. So, uh, no, I, I, I was talking to Troy Aikman about that ranking, some of the top, and, you know, we both put that at, at number one in terms of it wow. seems like each year, yeah, it's moved ahead of the Cowboys, even Minnesota, Atlanta's, is, uh, you know, just think of the newer ones. I have not been in Vegas uh, calling a, a game there, so I can't, I can't assess that one. Uh, but yeah, the crowd, the crowd was, and it really makes, obviously makes a, makes a, a big difference. Uh, and, and they were, they were fired up. But I think the Rams, you know, you talk about a Super Bowl hangover. We're going to invent a new term called you beat the la- Super Bowl team hangover. I think that yeah. was part of the Rams problem, <laughs> yeah. not to detract from the Cardinals, because, I mean, they were as thorough. That was a masterpiece in, in every part oh, of the yeah. game, from Murray to his receivers, <laughs> the running game, the, 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 the defense with the additions they've made. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see how the Rams bounce back Thursday night against Seattle. Chris, I wanted to ask, it was, it was obviously well documented, Kingsbury's struggles against McVay personally. I've been I've been a little critical of Kingsbury in the past, it's just as far as his coaching acumen. Um, do you get the sense when you're prepping for these games, when you're interviewing these guys, obviously, you know, Kingsbury has to know his record against the Rams, against McVay. Did you get a sense that this Sunday he might have had just a little something, a little chip on his shoulder, really wanted to kind of prove his worth? Not just, yeah, not just Cliff, but but Kyler Murray, uh, Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator. Mm. Uh, some of those veterans are gone, like Larry Fitzgerald and Patrick Peterson, who, who endured the eight-game stretch where the Rams didn't just win. I mean, they scored more than 30 points. They really dominated all but one of those games. So don't blame Kingsbury for all that. There were three different Cardinal head coaches, five different quarterbacks. But you could tell early in the week, even before we sat down, with Ramsey when he said, hey, look, they've, they've, you know, there's no second thought. They've kicked our asses, and, and he, he sounded emphatic. It's like that's that's got to change. And, and he played a, one, a, a terrific game, not only throwing the ball in great spots and tight spots, but his running was, was very efficient. And I'm not saying he's Russell Wilson, but I talked to him a little bit about protecting his body, you know, being a 5'10 guy and having been hurt the last couple of years. One was a hamstring, and I think another was a, was a hand or something. And, but he, before that, he's been an Ironman. So, and he's trying to do that and, and be effective like Russell Wilson for as much running as he does he gets down he gets out whatever so that he doesn't get hit hard and take a lot of hits and, and that's something where he worked on it worked to perfection and in, in that game so it was definitely for the cardinals and i, I hate I statement game because it was bigger but it was a, it, if it was it was not just to the rams or the nfc west it was for the entire league because i think they all absolutely yeah, they really felt like hey we're three and oh and people are kind of ignoring us we're not not that we're in power poles or that type of thing but Me. this is something that, that'll take us a little a step further and obviously getting into the playoffs winning playoff games that then you get more recognition well i mean the rams you know yesterday obviously that one of the things i feel like they you know as prolific as their offense is you know their defense is something i think they pride themselves a lot on jalen ramsey having an incredible season kenny young's been in the backfield i feel like every time i turn my head over to the the rams games um but this is a game where they had zero takeaways in in a game where this arizona offense was firing on all uh, cylinders i wonder how much of it you sort of attribute to 
I mean, and Kyler was also, he broke contain a ton, and they, they was allowed to cook a lot more than he needed to be uh, if the Rams wanted to be in this game. So was this just an all-out showing by Kyler Murray, a bad day for the Rams defense? Where on the, the scale do you sort of see that? Well, I think it started with, with Kyler Murray and, and wearing him out and frustrating them a little bit. I mean, he had some patterns where he rolled out and, and you really weren't sure was he going to throw where he, where he's going to run. And then he had somebody to throw to. Maybe that was the, the difference. And I, I'm with you. That Ram defense, which is why I thought they would beat the Bucs and they did, and why I think they're a Super Bowl contender along with the offense. But but when you have you have Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, these are two of the best players in the NFL on, on defense. And and they were not they were not a factor. I mean, Ramsey made some plays and he was on uh, Hopkins for a while, but this Cardinal team i think they have the, the four best four deepest receivers when you add rondell moore all aj mm-hmm. green along with deandre hopkins and, and christian kirk now in the slot where he's more comfortable from his texas a&m days kind of so those four and each week if you look at the four and a record of the cardinals murray is mobility other than dumping it off to the backs who can both catch and, and james connor and chase evans each one of them has taken a turn kind of being the leading receiver in that particular game and it was max williams the tight end who had some big catches and in, in this game so i I think Murray did wear down the the Ram defense. He frustrated them. I think the other part of it, this is just a guess on my observation. I couldn't sense it going in when we met with the Rams before the game. And we talked with Aaron Donald and and McVay. But I think you beat the defending Super Bowl champs. You're undefeated. You're facing a team, at least for those Ram players that have been there. uh, And and McVay, hey, the last eight games, these guys were a pushover. You know, we have Seattle on Thursday. Not that you look past the division rival. This is not an excuse because the Cardinals kicked the Rams' butt. But I just think the human nature settled in there. And and, and McVay admitted afterwards, and Raheem Morris, too, they, they they didn't coach well. They didn't make it adjustments to what the the cliff kingsbury was calling and how efficient the uh, the cardinals were and their and their defense was terrific they got the two takeaways early and, and look uh, he was off his game but the cardinals pushed him off his game in terms of matthew yeah. stafford uh which uh, which was a little bit surprising but but the cardinal defense is for real and you had you had them and you had them capitalizing on on two turnovers that they generated the ensuing drives both times the cardinals defense generated a turnover they scored on the ensuing drive that's yes. to me that's the story of the game right there ultimately right. why the Rams ended up losing and then when the Rams got close they you know they settled for field goals yeah. fourth and three they didn't gamble like they usually do they weren't confident which surprised me I haven't talked to Daryl Johnston the analyst in the game about that that boy should you know you don't want to be foolish but uh you know you got this offense are you saying something to your team a little bit about hey this is going to be a but the Ram defense could not stop uh, Arizona nope. I think that was the that was the worst part of it there was some third and 14 a third and 16 even when Murray was backed up and he either ran for it or got Chase Edmonds involved or threw for it, uh, but converted to play keep away uh, once they once they built that lead. So it, it was a shocker, maybe not just that the Cardinals won, but to the degree that, that they won, yeah. that they dominated that that game and dominated the Ram team. I'm very, very interested to see what Rams team shows up for that Seattle game on Thursday with the short turnaround because Seattle has been up and down as well. I'm interested to see how that game, finally we get a good game on Thursday night yeah. football. Very excited for it. But as for the teams you've seen so far, you saw Arizona this past weekend. You've also done a Carolina game. You've also done a Cincinnati Bengals game. Those are sort of the biggest surprise teams so far into this short NFL year. And to you, seeing these guys take the field and also how the sideline is, how they react to big plays, are they together? Those three teams, Arizona, Carolina, Cincinnati, are are any of them, you think, facades right now early in the year, or all three of these teams need to be taken seriously? Well, I would especially go with the Cardinals being taken seriously yeah. because of as long as Kyler Murray is healthy and, and Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach and play caller, I, I've seen – 
and I've done games of his since he's come into the league with with Murray, and I, I've seen progress with him and comfort level, and and it's not all air raid. He's, he's finding a, a creative ways with the running game and Kyler Murray to make things happen and still protect his quarterback. I, I, I think the Carolina defense is for real. I think Joe Burrow is a superstar, still getting more comfortable off the surge. He doesn't like wearing the knee brace, so he, yeah. it, he, you can tell he's not 100%. He won't say anything, but there's hesitation. But I think for both Carolina and Cincinnati, they're going to run into some reality uh, with McCaffrey out. We saw that with, with Dallas where that was a difference and, and mix it. I don't know how long he's going to be out, but both of those running backs are very important to their quarterbacks and to their offenses uh, so that they don't become one dimensional. And I think that's going to be a problem for both of them, but the Panther defense is uh, is a, is a very good defense. It's a Definitely. shame that they lost JC Horn, the corner, because he as a rookie to me was going to be, you know, as good as one can be in his, in his first year, but those, you know, those are the breaks and, and for Arizona, I mean, obviously they have to stay healthy in spots, but they're a very deep team. And, and the, the additions they made on, on defense drafting uh, in the linebacker area, but also bringing in JJ Watt uh, and they, they, the Marco Smith or the rookie fourth rounder from Florida ha, has emerged as a, as a top corner kind of surprisingly in that regard. So um, they're, yeah, I, they're for real. If I had to I have to rank them. And again, you take into consideration Carolina's and Tampa's division uh, Cincinnati, yeah. obviously, you know, has the North with, with Baltimore and, uh, Pittsburgh and Cleveland. So it's going to be difficult, but I, I, I do think Burrow is a quarterback that can make great things happen. Um, and, and so that, that could be a game changer. And I, and I'm a believer in Donald and I think he's going to have a, he has already shown a fresh start there. And I think they'll have a winning record in Carolina. Chris, you're headed to the great North next week, uh, to cover the Vikings lions. Is this your I'm first, sorry. Ex- <laughs> is this your first experience? Is this your first experience with Mr. Dan Campbell? And if so, if it's not, what's what's your impression of him? Obviously, uh, the record speaks for itself. I personally, as a Lions fan, kind of like the stuff he does, minus the horrific uh, inside the ten uh, decision making. <laughs> but what, what is this, is this your first? Uh, is this your first uh, personal uh, encounter with him? Yeah, I, I've been around him before as an assistant coach, and 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 liked him. I, you know, I, and I thought you know some guys are are, are they're almost too macho aggressive. Uh, as assistants, which they can be with their groups and, and to be a head coach. So I, I think he's transformed a little bit uh, in, in that regard. I haven't sat with him as a head coach and looking forward to it uh, in this match. But I, and I really am because I feel like the Lions played well in stretches. I, I know you two have that Green Bay Detroit thing going, but watching that game, I was like, whoa, this is, you know, this is the Lions are taking a great step forward. And then, of course, reality hit. And then, and then you saw what happened in that in that Chicago game. So uh, and, and I, you know, like I, I hope Goff does well there uh, because I think, you know, he's got a lot of ability. He took our team mm-hmm. to a Super Bowl. I know there are knocks on him, but I think he can improve on on those. Um, and, and defensively, they've had some injuries there as, as well. So I think Campbell's the right guy. I don't think that they have a lot of the right players right now, or at least the best players in, the, in that division. As for Minnesota, you know, the Vikings, it, it looks rough, but, but you know, they lose on that overtime field goal to Cincinnati. They lose on that late field goal. Uh, to Arizona after they, you know, had a chance to, I mean, they're a team that's, and they're all close, but they, they could be, you know, three and one instead of, instead of uh, one and three, yeah. I thought the Vikings and I, and I think they will be a better team later in the year. Cousins has played well. Uh, Cook hasn't been entirely healthy, but this is to kind of who can dig out of the bottom of this uh, division here. And I don't know. I think Chicago might end up there by the end of the year as, as the last place team. Chris, earlier uh, in our episode today, we were uh, uh, talking a little bit about teams uh, that we can't quite 
figure out. That was sort of like a theme of our of our recap segment. Tony uh, mentioned the New Orleans Saints. Drew mentioned the Indianapolis Colts, and I, I brought up the the San Francisco 49ers. I'm curious, is there a team that kind of sticks out to you that you're sort of we're at the sort of quarter mark now that you can't quite figure them out yet for whatever reason? Yeah, and the Saints are interesting. We had them in a game, and and it was a game where Winston was against Carolina. You know, he, he suffered it through through a couple more inter- interceptions. We we're like, oh, there we go again. But he, but he has, you know, you pick on Goff if you want to pick on Winston. These, those were turnover machines. At least their history has indicated that. Um, and and you know, again, Winston hasn't taken a team into, into the playoffs of the Super Bowl. But but I think they are improving. I think that with the, in their new locations. But uh, the, you hit on some really good teams. I, I, I think the Wentz, just where he's gone in his career, is as much a mystery and you can't figure out. <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah. the Colts... Yeah, the Colts would be better. You know, they're a very good defensive team. Uh, let's see, you mentioned the Colts, you mentioned the Saints, and the 49ers, they just, it seems like every year, they get bit by the injury bug yeah. in severe spots. The running back position, which is, that's really the key to their offense. Not yeah. only that, but then Jimmy Garoppolo, again, hurt. Uh, and so you see why they drafted Lance down the road. But if Trey Lance was ready, at the start and Shanahan would have put him in. Believe me, he, he's not ready. It's like Justin Fields. The coaches know that these guys are going to be good. They just yeah. know they're not ready yet. And it's, you know, how much and what, what are they going to do in the process? The 49ers may not have a choice. And that's, what's interesting about the yeah. West. I was going to say, you have Seattle Rams, but you know, now Arizona gets the 49ers next in, in what is the best division in football. At least we, we thought based off last year and, and the talent, uh, but those are tough teams to, to, to figure out. I think on defense too, San Francisco really misses Robert. Sala. He was he was a special oh, yeah. kind of coordinator, and Shanahan likes to yeah. Shanahan Kyle likes to let his defensive coach do his thing, and and that that worked with them. And and I think Stamico Ryan's is now trying to work with that. Uh, it's a little bit of an adjustment period, and they've had some injuries there as as well. So all three of those teams, I, you're right, they could be playoff teams. I, uh, right now, based on what I've seen and, and given the injuries we've talked about, I don't think either any of those three make make the yeah. playoffs. Uh, you know, whereas a team like the Cardinals, not just because of Sunday, but just their talent level and where they are, I think they do make the playoffs. That's the beauty of it. There's still so many games to be played. And I mean, you could get a game like last Sunday night where, you know, Super Bowl champion come back home or this close to a Nick Folk field goal, sending them to two and two to start the season. It's why you got to love the NFL. But we do Killing thank me. you. Ms. I'm sorry to bring it up again. Killing Daniels. me. I, just oh, that's right. hey, I, know, I got the I got the Patriots here. here. I'm the Patriots yeah. fan. New Hampshire. Oh, native, yeah. So, yeah. Well, look at I heard someone today, a Whiting Jet fan, and somebody said, look, you know, you're, you're tied for second place in the in the division, you know, for the Jets after four games so be grateful for that that's so right you, you <laughs> have to said everybody yeah you just have to you have to find what uh, what works for you but it's funny right. how we thought okay well the bucks are the best team you know the super bowl favorites or the, or the, maybe it's the chiefs they went down now the, the bucks lose we thought the rams were then they lose and that's why you, you play the long haul of, of the season and you see how things balance out Get but ready I, for uh, a bills cardinals super bowl everybody <laughs> i like uh, well i you know my picks were at the beginning i i had i had buffalo cleveland afc championship but i had rams bucks NFC championship, but, and who knows, but those could, those could still be on target, but it's, I like it when the year is more wide open and we don't just have that one, that one dominant team. And we like it when you come on the show, man, thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for coming back to the West coast gamblers. We had a blast talking to you and it is an early season, but I'm very excited to see where this year goes, but Hey, enjoy the Minnesota Detroit game. I'm sure it's already snowing in Minnesota. You're going to have a blast. (laughs) Nothing like Southern California, but thank you again for coming on to the show. We love talking to you and we hope to have you in the future. Uh, yeah, enjoy enjoy the game. Any NFL game is a good game by me, but thanks for having me on. We'll talk again. You guys take care. Happy season.
Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting the the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the checkered flag. Uh, and we say thank you to Chris Myers. I, I feel so bad that he has to go cover the Lions and Vikings game, but I think we ragged on him enough about it. It's time to end the show with everybody's favorite segment. It's time to tell you what NFL team will not be making the playoffs this 2021 season. It's time for Gravestones. We've each killed a team each week saying they're not making the playoffs. And it's a very fun game because at the end of it, we're left with 16 NFL teams or 14 NFL teams, I should say, and they better be the playoff teams remaining. So far, it's been pretty easy. Myself, I've killed all NFC teams so far, Detroit, the Giants, and Chicago. Dangles, he's spread it around a little bit. Jacksonville, Houston, and Detroit, he's killed. Drew, he's killed Jacksonville, the Jets, and the New York football Giants. A little sprinkling of everything somewhere, but now it starts to get interesting because you still want to hang on to some teams for a little rainy day later. You might want to take some chances early into the season. Drew did the best on our King of the Coast bets. He's going to be going first, Dangles second, myself third. And I'm in trouble because if Drew or Dangles kill a team this week, I cannot choose that same team to kill this week. But regardless, that's too much talk. The priest is looking at me. It's time to step into the chapel. The doors are open. It's time to put on our black shoes and bow our heads and speak in hushed tones for it is time to say goodbye to three teams in this week's version of gravestones well fellas i guess i'll lead off humbly today and uh not really do anything too wild it's not like a friday night in columbus or anything uh blow, blow. but i'm gonna just uh go on a limb here and say uh houston we have many problems. The list of problems the Texans have are longer than Davis Mills's neck. Uh, the only thing they've inspired me to do this year is find a mask, a hybrid mask of David Culley and Steve Belichick uh, to scare children as they trick or treat. But you know who won't be getting any treats this year are the Texans fans. Mm. Bob McNair, who's home with the Lord, wearing his cowboy hat, no, no doubt riding Babe the Blue Ox. He's probably very sad watching this team. And uh, that's about it, boys. Bye-bye, uh, Texans. Rest in peace. Uh, maybe next year. All right, Pete. Well, fellas, earlier on our program today, we talked a little bit about trouble with birds. And... Mm. Uh, 
think today we're gonna have to put a team in the ground, a bird-themed team, an avian, an avian team that just hasn't cut it up to snuff this year. The division that they play in is only going to produce one playoff team. Hmm. The Philadelphia Eagles. Valiant though their efforts may be. New though Nick Sirianni may be. The theme this year is going to be fly, Eagles fly, on the road to draft pick number three. I don't know if that's actually where they'll end up, but the point is they're going to be a high draft pick because they're not very good. Philadelphia Eagles will not make the playoffs. Well, Dangles, they actually have Miami's first round pick as well and could have Indianapolis's, so Philly... The rebuilding starts now, Mr. Sirianni, but for this week of Gravestones, when all three hosts kill a team in their individual weeks, that team enters what's known as the graveyard. And we have yet to put a team in said graveyard this year. And while I might be sitting here in last place with plenty of teams to slay, there is one team deserving of being 2021's first graveyard pick. And that is Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm sorry, Shad Khan. I'm sorry, Tony Khan. I'm sorry, any Khan. But the Jacksonville Jaguars are pieces of Khan. It's all over, boys. R.I.P. The Jaguars are in the graveyard. And that is it for this week's Gravestones. And that is it for this week's West Coast Gamblers. Next week... Or I should say on Thursday, Drew wears lipstick. Come see us then. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. Pit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on!